3: Welcome to Seasoned. I'm Chef Plum, and
4: I'm Marisol Castro.
3: And Marisol, I've been very excited about this, and we're doing an egg show. And I have so many egg puns. I'm going to start right now. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm going to start right away. We have an okay. excellent show for you this week. It's our monthly call-in live episode where we get to take your calls. I'm in the studio here at Gateway Community College in New Haven, and Marisol is joining us via Zoom.
4: Yes, and sadly, I'm going to continue this egg pun extravaganza. That's also joining about. via Zoom are our two egg spurts for the hour. <laughs> we're
3: terrible. This mm-hmm. is going to get old terrible. so quick, isn't it?
4: <laughs>
3: uh, oh, yeah. Julie Christensen, affectionately known as Farmer Julie, is the co-owner of Flamick Farm in West Simsbury, uh, where the home of the iconic eggs backwards sign is. Farmer Julie, mm. welcome to Seasoned.
4: Thank you. Glad to be here. And Lisa Steele is a fifth-generation chicken keeper and author of the blog Fresh Eggs Daily. She's written six books on backyard chicken keeping, and her latest book is the Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook. Lisa is the host of the American Public Television show Welcome to My Farm, and she joins us now from that farm in Maine. Lisa Steele, welcome to Seasoned. Hey, thanks so much for having me,
3: Julie. I got to ask you, how tired of egg puns are you? Do you just all your friends constantly just say egg puns to you?
0: Well, I think they're excellent.
3: Oh, hey. <laughs> there we go. Uh, do you have questions about uh, cooking eggs or where eggs come from? Whatever the question is, we're happy to take your calls it's about scrambling, about frying, hard boiling, soft boiling, poaching, or how to make that hollandaise. So it doesn't break for your eggs, Benedict. We're ready to talk to you all about it.
4: Or maybe, just maybe, you're curious about backyard chicken keeping. Or do you want to shout out the form where you get your own fresh eggs? We would love to hear from you.
3: The number to call in to talk chicken and eggs with our guests is 203-776-9677 or 203-776-WNPR.
4: Yes. Uh, for those of you keeping track, uh, I am joining via Zoom from my home and my neighbor has chickens and a rooster. So I'm hoping that they do to me. What they do to me at you know ungodly <laughs> hours in the morning, they do during this this live broadcast, and we can hear them. Uh, but before we get to, to those to get here's another here's another pun. Before we get cracking, hey, answering egg questions, yes, we should do a ding every time. We do I an wish egg we pun. did. I wish I had a um, bell.
3: That'd be incredible.
4: <laughs> we need a we need a bell. I do actually have a question for Julie that our local listeners might be curious about. So Julie Flamig Farm is famous for its enormous backwards eggs sign. Yes. What is the deal?
0: Well, I think people know our farm more as the Big Backwards Eggs Farm. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> to say the name of it, actually, but um, yes, it's called Stemig Farm. And the egg sign actually was put on the barn back in the late 70s. Um, Farmer Nevin had a friend, Carl, who was an artist, and he said, your chicken coop is so boring, you need something on the end of that. And Nevin said, all right, well, your idea, you do it. And Carl comes walking out of the shop with these eight-foot-tall letters that said eggs, which went up on the barn and immediately zoning said, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, you cannot advertise like that. So, you know, I'm sure they all kicked back and thought about it and said, hmm, and they repainted the sign and hung it up backwards and declared it artwork and that is how it has stayed
4: ever since thank you thank you mystery solved i love that story you
3: you found it there detective nicely done (laughs)
0: Uh, so
3: people may not know that eggs are actually seasonal lisa as a fifth generation chicken keeper can you explain how the hens know when it's time to lay eggs or not time to lay eggs
5: Well, I can't really (laughs) speak for the chickens, but Mm -hmm. yes, I think a lot of people who get into chicken keeping don't realize right off the bat that their chicken is not going to lay an egg every day, all year round, year after year. And I think they're kind of surprised when after that first winter, when they do lay well, that following fall, they start losing all their feathers. They stop laying. I've had so many people contact me and say, my chickens are all dying. You know, they're, they're like a year and a half old and they've been super healthy and now all their feathers are falling out and they're not oh. laying eggs anymore. Oh. <laughs> so oh. I have to explain to them that the shorter days triggers a reaction in them tells them winter's coming. So they oh. drop their feathers, grow in nice new feathers to keep them warm. And of course, while they're doing that, it takes a lot of energy. So they do stop laying eggs or slow down and, you can light your coop. And I don't know what Julie does because I know it's you know more of a business for her. I don't light my coop. So my chickens basically don't lay through the winter. But you can light the coop to give them the extra light they need um, and kind of fool them into laying. But, you know, it makes sense, especially here in Maine or you in Connecticut. It's really cold in the winter and eggs free mm-hmm. if you don't get home quick enough. So, you know, I kind of am OK with the chickens not laying a couple months in the winter.
3: That was a very extensive answer.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm
5: <laughs> sorry.
3: No, I'm trying to play my bell sound effect now, but it's not working. So. There, we, there we go. Yes. I was there looking we for the egg pod. Hey, we've got Julie calling from West Hartford, and she's talking about hard-boiled eggs. Let's see, Julie, are you there? We'll come back to Julie here in just one second. Well, Julie,
4: can you hear me? Yeah, she's, she's,
3: she's. We'll try her again here in one second. But uh yeah. eggs are a funny thing to me. I, I have family who they they. I want to say they keep eggs or they coop eggs. Um. Is there a proper, Lisa, like, is there is there a proper term for that? Is it keeping chickens? Is it cooping chickens? Is there like a real, I don't know, a, a word for it?
5: I mean, raising chickens, keeping chickens, I guess, you know, people call themselves chicken tenders, which. <laughs> hey, wait, where's know, my bill? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of fun. I mean, I, I don't call myself a chicken farmer because we don't, like we don't, Really live on a farm, like we have a barn and a tractor and stuff, but i it's more of a hobby farm type thing. So I think chicken keeper for the average backyard person, okay? yeah,
4: I like it. i'll I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar. Um, so i I, I want to start off with, you know barring catastrophes, pandemic supply chain issues. Most folks can get eggs at their grocery store, which is perfectly fine. I lived in that camp for a very long time. Until I met Lori Cochran, shout out to Lori Cochran and the Westport Farmers Market. Lori has her own chickens. And about five years ago, she gave me these eggs. And I said, oh, where'd you get these? And she's like, from my chicken coop. And me, the city girl, I was like, what do you mean? And she laughed and she said, come back and talk to me once you've had them. I cracked those eggs open and I never looked back because they were beautiful. They, they just tasted differently. So can you help our listeners understand um, why it may or may not be worth seeking out fresh eggs that are, that are from a local farm. Is this like Jeopardy? Do we ring in with our correct answer? And it has to be what is.
3: Did you guys get your buzzers (laughs) in the mail today? i want to make sure your buzzers first. Maybe we should
0: ask that.
5: Well, I think Julie can actually handle that because she does sell eggs, right?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I just think it's great to give local farms the business because then you're not having these big tractor trailer trucks, you know, bring eggs across the country, they're fresher, the chickens are happier because they're in much smaller Mm -hmm. flocks and they get to be outside and see the sunshine and, you know, take their dust baths. And as far as I'm concerned, a happy chicken makes a happier egg.
5: Yeah, I agree with all that. And I have to say that, you know, people say I go to the store and there's all these labels and what am I looking for? And Mm. cage free and this and that. And cage free is like the buzzword, feel good word, but it really is not any better for the chickens, honestly. Like Julie said, you know, if you want eggs from Happy Chickens, you might pay a little more. You want to look for pasture raised. That means they're actually out in the field and and they're doing all the chicken things that chickens like to do. Mm
3: -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have chicken questions or egg questions, give us a call. Our number is 203-776-9677 or 203-776-WNPR. I think we've got our phone lines worked out here. Let's go to Julie here in West Hartford. Julie, welcome to Seasoned.
5: Hi, thanks for having me. Of
3: course. You're talking hard-boiled eggs. Let's got, Let's do it. I, I got so many tips. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So I, I think I've become pretty good at making hard-boiled eggs. I put a little bit of white vinegar
0: in the pot and a little bit of salt. I'm not sure if they go together, but I had read about both of them. I do both of them. But it seems to only work well when I use store-bought eggs. And we do have a few chickens in the backyard. They make wonderful eggs, as you've been talking about. But when I try to hard-boil my fresh eggs, it just, they
5: don't
3: peel. Mm. All right. Lisa, any idea?
5: Yeah, and it's not probably the, the salt or the vinegar. It's that the store-bought eggs are old. Older <laughs> eggs will peel better because air has had time to get in them, so it pushes the membrane away from the shell. So, you know, people's advice often is, well, just save your eggs till they're old and then use those for hard-boiled eggs. But that kind of defeats the purpose. We all want to eat fresh eggs, right? Yeah. So actually, in my cookbook, I share my secret. I steam my eggs. Like in a colander or a double boiler or just something over simmering water, 12 minutes, and then put them in ice water, and some magic sciency thing happens, and the peels—I mean—they'll peel perfectly, even eggs that have been laid that morning. Wow. The, the peels just fall right off. So that's that's my secret.
3: That's a pretty good little tip there. I can't actually. wait to try it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, one of the tricks I like to do is take eggs that are boiled, and uh, I'll put them in a stainless steel bowl or a small bowl, and with a Tablespoon of water and then cover the bowl with a plate and gently shake it, and the egg <laughs> the egg peel will come right off in the water. It's pretty cool.
5: Yeah, see, there's right. all kinds of egg science going on. Oh, I man. think that we don't really understand.
3: Well, especially when we're experts. Oh, where's my
4: bell? I'm oh my sorry. gosh! I'm sorry. Thanks, <laughs> oh <my> Julie. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. You know, since we were talking about, you mentioned um, that maybe Julie's eggs were old, and that's the beauty of getting fresh eggs and happy happy chickens. What do the chickens at Flamig Farm eat? Do they have a favorite herb or flower or patch of something?
0: Well, chickens will basically eat just about anything. So Mm. it's kind of nice if you have fruits and veggies and things that you wouldn't necessarily eat because they might have gotten a little wilted or whatever. It's great to throw into the chickens. We actually have about 500 chickens here. So, you know, feeding them all cut veggies and all that might be a little expensive. So we do, we do order a um, non-GMO pelleted feed that um, is a nice layer pellet and it has all the nutrients that they need. Um, But, you know, it's great when we're doing summer camp and the kids waste a lot of the French fries and all those fun things and they can get a little treat (laughs) here and there. Um, But yes, it's, it's great if you could give them grass clippings and you know or, or if they could get out on fresh grass is the best um mm-hmm. we do have to look out here at flammock farm we do have some predators here and there so we really can't let our chickens rate free range too far or we have bobcats and mm-hmm. all kinds of yeah. of things that even hawks that will come swoop right in and steal the chickens
3: well just sticking I with mean, the with circle the, of life yeah right hmm <laughs> Um, you can't tell really if an egg is fresh by looking at it, but, are there, but there are some good insider tips in the book, Lisa. Can you share a couple of those with us before we head to break here in a minute?
5: Yes. I think the most common that people probably know is the float test. So if you take an mm-hmm. egg and put it in a glass of water and it sinks, it's fresh. If it floats, it's older. And if it's you know kind of standing up on one end, it's, it's aging. If it floats, it's not necessarily bad, but more time has gone by for bacteria and air and stuff to get into it. But you also can shake an egg and hold it up to your ear. And if you can hear sloshing around inside, that means the egg is a bit older because again, air has had time to get in and some of the moisture in the the egg has evaporated. So it leaves room and it gets kind of sloshy.
3: Do you know how bad I want to see Marisol at the store right now, like standing in the egg shaking eggs, shaking eggs. I know. I was I was just picturing
4: Uh, myself doing the same thing. Like so funny. What's going on in there? So funny.
3: Julie, what about you? Any tips to add to that, or?
4: Well, that's basically yes. You
0: do not want to eat an egg if it's floating on the top of the water. Mm -hmm. Um, No,
5: I yeah, I definitely wouldn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you know when you have chickens that are free ranging, sometimes they will lay some eggs and some strange, strange. Places that I just say, you know what, when in doubt, let's toss it to the pigs. There's always somebody who benefits around here. That's why yeah, the or farm. the compost
5: pile. I mean, yeah, eggshells egg are great for your garden. So if you do have to toss eggs, at least you know that they're going back into the soil, which is great. Yep,
3: No doubt about it. Well, cool. listeners, if you have a trick for telling if an egg is super fresh... Share it with us. Or maybe you want to shout out the farmer who keeps her eggs in a cubby and you drop $6 in her honor box and grab a couple. Mm -hmm. We want to know where you're getting your fresh eggs from. Give us a call. Our number is 203-776-9677 or 203-776-WNPR. And Marisol, when we get back from break, I want to talk to our guests about refrigerating eggs or non-refrigerating eggs. I think it's it's a great question that we need to get some answers to.
4: Absolutely. We'll get to them right after the break.
3: Welcome back to season. I'm Chef Plum in our studio here in New Haven.
4: Now, Marisol Castro joining via Zoom along with our guests for the hour. Farmer Julie Christensen of Flamic Farm and the author of Fresh Eggs the Daily Cookbook, Lisa Steele.
3: And if you think you've got a particularly strong Saturday morning breakfast game, give us a shout-out. Tell us what makes your eggs so good. 203-776-9677 or 203-776-WNPR. Before we jump back into the conversation, friends, I've got Joe from Simsbury on the line here. And he's got a quick little shout-out. Hey, Joe, welcome to Season.
6: Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, So, yeah, thank you. So, um, just want to do a quick shout out to Julie at Flaming Farm. I'm a local of Simsbury, and uh, we were just there last weekend. I took my two year old son. Absolutely loves it there. So, thanks a lot, Julie, for everything that you do for our town. Wow. And then, yeah. And then, um, so, and you actually touched on this, uh, Julie, uh, but I guess maybe I can get a little more insight. I have backyard chickens, I have about uh, 12. Uh, which is <laughs> I uh, only allow for 12. Um, but for whatever reason, I can't keep 12. So sometimes I have nine. Sometimes, you know, they get sick. They get, uh, like you said, picked off by uh, predators. Um, and I'm just wondering for other backyard chickens, um, you know, what is the best way besides running outside with pots and pans, do I uh, keep my chickens <laughs> from <eat some> predators?
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh- I mean, it's tough in Simsbury. You wouldn't think we had as many foxes and weasels. And mother raccoons are terrible. They'll just kill to teach their baby raccoons how to kill. That's happened to us with turkeys. And um, I mean, the best thing is probably if you had some sort of chicken coop that you could have an outdoor area as well and maybe do an electric wire on the bottom and the top um, and that will. With your predator problem but basically definitely you've got to be sure you lock them up at night you know that's that's the big game changer my son chatham comes up every single night and locks up every single bird on Flaming farm 365 <laughs> days a year wow. god bless him
3: how about yeah i mean i think it's always fun when you do the show and you get uh fan calls for you julie that was awesome
0: oh that was so sweet i'm glad you guys had fun when you came it's a <laughs> magical place
3: Fantastic. Well, listen. It's funny because uh, I want to talk about chef hats and how it relates to eggs, like the toques that chefs wear. But before we get to that, I think I want to bring up to you guys, and, and Marisol and I both have the same question here: eggs in the refrigerator. They come from the store, they're refrigerated. You buy them from a farm, they're not. What's the story here, Lisa? Can you can you clear it up? Clear it up a little bit for us.
5: Yeah, I was actually just talking with someone else about this. The United States is one of the few countries in the world where by law to sell eggs commercially, they have to be washed. So all of your supermarket eggs have been washed. It removes the natural protective barrier on the egg that actually keeps it fresh, keeps bacteria out. Okay. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of defeats the whole purpose and then they have to be refrigerated. Other countries you'll find eggs out at markets, out at room temperature. I personally don't wash our chickens eggs. I leave them out on the counter I'll refrigerate them if, you know, we have a lot and I'm not going to get to them right away, but they'll last for a good couple weeks at room temperature, unwashed. And it's just really a shame that in this country, they require you to wash off what is the egg's natural protection to stay fresh and, you know, not full of bacteria.
3: Did you say last a couple of weeks? That's crazy.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Two, three weeks at least, I'd say on the counter, as long as they haven't been washed.
3: Wow, how about that? Uh, Julie, what about <laughs> eggs from the farm? You guys, the same thing, right? Just leave them out?
0: Yeah, so we we do a little bit of both. So we try not to wash anything that's not dirty, and we'll put those out on the table for sale. But then, of course, just like Lisa said, the ones going to the store, we do wash um, because they have to refrigerate. So um, we sell to two local stores right in Simsbury, um, and all of the eggs we send them are washed Um, so
5: they are refrigerated. Well, and you can do a hybrid, like Julie said, like we wash, if an egg is dirty, our duck eggs get super dirty. I will rinse those off and then refrigerate them. You can refrigerate unwashed eggs. They're going to last even longer than washed eggs. So you don't have to pick one or the other. Like it's almost like, you know, each egg, you can kind of make your decision what you're going to do with it. Or like Julie said, she sells some, so those have to be washed. Farmers market eggs don't, you know, if she's selling right at her farm, I guess, And egg laws differ state to state. So you do need Mm -hmm. to check with your own state as to what the rules are, you know, if you're going to plan on selling your eggs.
3: Well, Marisol, I know you have questions. And if you were here with me, you'd be staring at me like, shut up, Plum. But (laughs) our phone number is 203-776-9677 or 203-776-WNPR. And I'm bringing that up because, Marisol, we have a really fun phone call. We have Brenda calling friends, but calling from... Switzerland. Brenda, welcome to
2: seasoned.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
3: We're so excited to have you on. You want to talk about refrigerating eggs. I know we just covered some of that, but uh, in Switzerland, is it a norm to refrigerate them?
1: No, no, never. And that was kind of odd for me moving from Connecticut to Switzerland because they, I find it just on the shelf and I pick them out and they're, they're. I put them in my cabinet, not in my refrigerator, and it took a long time to get used to it. But can I tell you, they are the best eggs I've ever had. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
3: How about
2: they, that?
1: Sometimes there's feathers on them, so I'd like to hear more. <laughs> like I, I get a little nervous because sometimes they're not so clean. Like I've seen the farmer come into my grocery store and put them on the shelf, and they're not super clean, but. Um, I just don't know, should I wash them? I know I don't refrigerate them, okay. and I'm used to that now. But
3: Well, I think it's a great question, Brenda. And, hey, uh, we're, we're happy we, you can check us out here online and uh, give you a little taste of home all the way back in Switzerland. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We really appreciate hmm.
1: that. Uh, all the time. Love it. Love it, love it. <laughs> I can't to- wait to come home and check out all the places you guys are talking about. Well,
3: we definitely <laughs> miss you. We can't wait to see you. Call us when you get here, and in the meantime, let's find out. What about these eggs? You guys washing them? Lisa, what do you think?
5: Yes, absolutely. But before, just before you use the egg, you always should wash it. I mean, I think whether it's store bought, farmers market, your own chicken's eggs, I just rinse them quickly under warm water, just kind of use my fingers. Um, So, yeah, they definitely should be rinsed off just before you use them.
3: All right. Well, that's, I mean, I guess that's a good way to do it. Yeah. I mean, even like duck eggs too, I would, I usually rinse those guys off, but. You know, eggs from the farm. I yeah, the they
5: about. are. The ducks play soccer in the mud sometimes with their eggs. So, <laughs> so their eggs usually do get washed and they lay them on the ground. They lay them wherever. So I usually do wash the duck eggs right away. I rinse them off, same in warm water and then just put them in the
4: fridge. Okay. I'll buy that. I like hearing about how to treat our eggs before we actually cook them. But I would like to talk about the cooking part because, um, I scramble a lot of eggs for everyone in my home. And I know everyone's got their opinions about how to scramble eggs or fry their eggs. So I, I'd like to do a quick round robin. Plum, what is your favorite way to fry or scramble an egg?
3: You know, I love frying eggs. It's delicious. It's fun. I mean, I've even gone as far as to put a whole lot of, you know, oil in a pan and then you know mm-hmm. whip my eggs up with a little bit of fl- like a tablespoon of flour to like six eggs. And then you put them in a piping bag and you can pipe it out like noodles almost which is pretty cool you can do it in boiling water or in a fryer but for me scrambled eggs i'm doing it the classic french way i'm going to whip them up constantly in the pan i'm going to turn the heat down so it's on the pan off the heat on the pan off the heat you know constantly going back and forth so the eggs themselves almost stay rich and creamy the whole time and then i cool them down at the end by adding a spoonful of sour cream or creme fraiche to it so they never mm-hmm. actually the color never really actually changes and they have those soft creamy curds to them which i think is the proper way to make a scrambled egg
4: Okay. Now I'm terrified to answer. (laughs) You don't start with me. Wait till you hear (laughs) mine that needs to be done in two minutes flat before, you know, these children stage a protest. Who wants to go first, Julie, Lisa?
0: I'll go first. So I learned from my husband, Farmer Nevin, it's all about floating them on top of the butter in the pan. And that is just the secret. You don't want to like... Break the seal of the butter, and you just float them, and then you turn it off right before the egg gets too well done. Like you want them a little runny and delish. It's all about butter. Everything's better with butter. Don't you agree? Butter is good. I know. (laughs) know. I agree.
5: Yeah, I'm going to go with Julie's way. Um, that sounds a lot easier. <laughs> Tons of yeah. butter. I don't I don't mess with my eggs a lot. I whisk them up really, really well before I put them in the pan. And then I don't really mess with them too much. I kind of like them more chunky instead of small curds. And I definitely take them off when they, they're still shiny and yeah. and runny and, and all that. Yeah. But the worst thing is overcooked eggs. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree,
4: too. I, I do have a question for the group, especially because we have a classically trained chef. Do you guys add water to your eggs? Milk? No, or cream, or none. Nothing. No, no nothing. You, nothing. You
3: don't have to. My wife constantly puts milk when she's scrambling eggs, and I'm like, "Stop doing that! You're gonna—it's gonna burn on the pan and be terrible. Don't do that." Well,
4: that's what I say. So yeah. I do a little, a little, little dollop of water. A I don't know a why. Dollop <laughs> of just water. <laughs> I do a little. Like I, I turn on yeah. the faucet and I just put the bowl under really quickly so uh-huh. that it catches a little bit of water. Uh, next time. I really put,
3: try a spoonful of sour cream and just whisk that okay. in there at the very end. It, it cools it down. It adds such a nice butteriness to it. Like the fat in the background. It's absolutely mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. stunning. I think Sounds it's the best delicious. way to do it too. Uh, we've got, we're going to change you know, gears just a second here. we got Aviva from Madison calling in. We, she's been a hold for way too long. I apologize for that, Aviva, but you want to talk about chicken coops?
5: Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm so happy that you that you're doing this show because my family
0: has been talking about getting chickens for a while but when I look online for chicken
1: coops, the reviews aren't so great. And um, and then, you know, I'll look at plans for chicken coops, and I just feel so overwhelmed by the whole thing. Wow. Um, I'm just wondering if there's any advice they might have for somebody
0: just starting out.
3: We have two great guests who can definitely answer that question. Uh, <laughs> Julie, why don't we start with you since uh, you have tons of chickens?
0: Absolutely. So I I guess my question is, how many chickens are you thinking of getting? Four to six to start off, I would think. Okay, well, I think the best is if you could have some sort of coop that could be mobile. Maybe if you built it on a skitter, uh, you know, so so you could drag it around because the chickens are going to definitely need to be fenced in from predators. Um, And if you could mobily move a little small coop all around your yard, that would be the best because then they could get all the fresh grass and bugs and in all different areas um, would be my advice. And again, you know, if you're really worried about losing them to any of the wildlife, a little (laughs) electrified fence line around the chicken coop is always a good idea. And that can run on solar or, you know, electric on your house, but then you don't have to worry about something getting in and taking out your flock.
5: So I'm assuming that electrified thing you would only put on when your chickens are back in their coop, right? Yes. So so if you're going to have them free
0: range, I would probably be outside with them. Um, You know, if you're worried about, about something coming and taking them, that's the saddest thing to me. We sell quite a bit of chickens here to people at the farm, people coming to Mm -hmm. the farm and, you know, it's always sad when they've, they've lost them to, you know, a neighborhood yeah. dog or raccoons or, you know, I've seen foxes come out in the broad daylight. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be my only my only concern is getting backyard chickens. You want to make sure you can protect them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, good. I hope that helps a little bit. I feel like we, I really want to help you. Yeah. you know, I feel bad. I, I really do. I, I hope that these chickens That's... work well for you. I really do. Well, they're
0: such great pets, and they're so much fun to watch, and they—they they just, I think they make a great a great addition to a yard.
3: Well, if you've got egg tips, chicken tips, coop tips, give us a call 203-776-9677 or 776 three seven seven six W N P R. We're joined by Julie Christensen, she is the farmer and co-owner of Flaming Farm in West Simsbury, and Lisa Steele, she's the writer behind the Fresh Eggs Daily blog and the author of the Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook. Um, Friends, I have one tiny little tidbit that I can talk about as a chef. Do you guys know the chef hats that go on? You've seen those big, tall paper hats that chefs wear? Yeah, yeah. It's called a toque. Uh Yeah. The toque is very, very interesting. Um, It was traditionally used to show how many different ways a chef could cook an egg which is kind of ridiculous. The, the pleats in the hat, the folds in the hat, um, usually, uh, according to the reluctant gourmet, the pleats were used to signify the, signify the chef's level of experience, like the number of ways a chef could cook an egg. So I always thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, I remember in culinary school wearing those hats, and we had to fold them constantly. So uh, learning thousands and thousands of different ways of cooking egg, at least it felt like it was that many. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Marisol, we should get you a hat, too, and see how many you can do.
4: I can do zero. I can do one egg. One egg many ways. That's it. That's all
3: I got. You could do more than that. You know, my fun, (laughs) uh, one of my favorite ways, and uh, Lisa, I wonder if you've done anything like this as well. I like to crack a bunch of eggs and I put them into my crock pot with a little bit of bubbly water and salt and it makes the best frittata ever.
5: Oh, mm, that's really interesting. I actually don't have a crock pot, but I would assume like a Dutch oven would kind of do something similar probably.
3: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Well, I
5: heard
4: I heard the inflection in everyone. We all went, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you know this, but in Lisa Steele's book, The Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook, if you don't have it, run, don't walk. She has a Swedish egg coffee recipe. What in the wide world of sports is this. I'm going to the page right now. Lisa, you have some <laughs> explaining to do here.
5: Yeah, it's um, it's something that I ran across, you know, doing a lot of research for the book, trying to include something that people might not expect. I actually had made it. Um, I'm Finnish. My grandparents were Finnish, and I don't ever remember my grandmother making this coffee, but um, it's sort of like a homemade French press by adding a whole crushed up egg, shell and all, to coffee that you're brewing, on, you know, on the stove. It takes out all the bitterness, and it makes the grounds fall to the bottom. It's actually kind of neat. It sounds wow. super weird, but it actually makes a really smooth cup of coffee. And wow. not
4: does not require a lot of ingredients. I love this. No. No.
3: <laughs> well, that's interesting. I can't wait to actually give that a try. I remember uh, growing up watching pro wrestling listen to Hulk Hogan when he talked about eating his vitamins, and he would always put whole eggs, or Rocky did it too, I think, in the blender <laughs> and then just drink them, which, you know – doesn't ever work out as well when you're six years old <laughs> our number is 203-776-9677 or 203-776-WNPR we're going to take a short break uh i got julie from west hartford on hold and dan from Wallingford. you guys stand by we're going to get to you guys right when we get back from our break hang with us we're having a great time talking eggs right here on season stay right there we'll be right back Welcome back to season. I'm Chef Plum.
4: I'm Marisol Castro. We are Zooming this hour with two experts in the poultry world. Farmer Julie Christensen of Flamig Farm in West Sinsbury and blogger Lisa Steele. Lisa is a chicken keeper in Maine and the author of the Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook. If you have a question for Julie or Lisa, we can squeeze you in if you call right now, 203-776-9677. That's 203-776-WNPR.
3: Now, before we get back to exploring this extravaganza, uh, in the wonderful world of eggs. I got to shout out mm-hmm. New Haven Restaurant Week, everybody. Make sure you visit your favorite New Haven spot now through April 9th and show the cooks and the staff some love. More than 50 restaurants are participating, so there's something out there for every eater in the city. Shout out to Restaurant Week. Go, go support them. Go hang out with them. Go say hi to them. They'd love to see you. I sure.
4: I love a restaurant week. Love <laughs> I, it. Love it. I just love a Plum, restaurant. don't we have some callers that have been patiently waiting?
3: We certainly do. We have Julie from West Hartford. She wants to talk about egg cracking. Julie, welcome to season.
4: Hello, it's Tracy.
3: Oh, Tracy. Hi. Sorry.
2: Yes. And I'd like to say one small thing first. Marisol, I also put water in my scrambled eggs, and they're light and fluffy and wonderful. Thank you.
4: Okay. okay. Thank okay. you. Okay. Someone right. co-signs with me.
3: I Thank am you for being my new best friend. I love it. That's right. Okay. Now,
2: <laughs> my question is: I recently learned that if you crack an egg on the side of a pan, it kind of helps any bacteria on the outside get inside. You're supposed to crack it on the counter. I cannot do yeah. that. I make a mess.
4: I I've heard it. this too, it, by the way.
2: Yeah, and it gets a little, you know, squish, and I, I can – sometimes I can catch it okay, but sometimes I get egg on the
5: counter and on the side of the pan.
3: Well, what am I doing wrong? egg on the counter is better than egg on your face. Lisa, what do you think?
5: Oh. I mean, that's the – it's kind of like one of my pet peeves. I see it all the time, even on – You know, cooking shows like on the Food Network, they'll crack the egg on the side of the counter or the side of the pan or the side of the bowl. You know, you risk getting eggshell into your batter or your pan or whatever you're making. And as Tracy mentioned, you risk pushing the bacteria that's on the outside of the shell into the egg. So always on a flat surface. I'm not quite sure why. Maybe if you tried cracking it on the bottom of the bowl and then, you know what I mean? Because then the egg would already be in the bowl. Hmm crack it like on the flat bottom of the bowl instead of oh. the edge of the bowl. Oh, okay, that makes sense.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting way Might to do that. I, I agree with Lisa too. I think cracking it, you know, on a flat surface is definitely the way to go. If you crack it on something sharp or something pointy or, you know, the edge of a pan or the edge of a counter, you do run the risk of getting eggshell in your in your eggs there. Well, mm. give that a try, Tracy. We look forward right. to seeing how that works out for you.
4: Thank you very much.
3: You're very wel- welcome. We've got Dan from Wallingford who has a coop recommendation. Might I how about that?
4: I love it. Let's
3: let's hear it. Hello.
6: Thanks. I, I was calling because you guys had a previous caller who sounded like she wanted to get into chicken keeping uh, and sounded hesitant. Uh, I keep four chickens in my backyard right now, and me and my wife started doing it uh, right before the pandemic happened. And there was an organization called Rent-A-Chicken where you can actually – pay and rent and have some chickens there and just try it out to see if you like it. What? Uh, and then if you like it, you can keep the chickens. Wow! Um, and, they, and they actually use some coops that I use now and absolutely love. And if you're somebody that's hesitant to build something and you're just not sure what to look at, but it's a company called Omelette, they're actually made out of, I think, recycled plastic or something like that. They're very easy to manage and clean, and they have an automatic door that will open in the morning and night um, and just make that stuff very nice and easy. So rent a chicken and check out omelet coops. And I also wanted to second what Chef Plum said about French-style eggs. I don't do it all the time, uh, but French-style eggs, uh, where you keep whisking they're nice and creamy, I chop up green onions really finely Come on. and use a lot of butter. And when you're done, sprinkle some more of those green onions on the top and some crystallized salt. And it's absolutely
3: delicious. Let's go, Dan. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, right. Thanks, thanks for your yep. call, Dan. I appreciate that. Hey, Minnesota, there you go. You got a co-sign today, and so did I. How about that?
4: Love it, love it, love it.
3: Um, so listen, I, both uh, our guests. I have a question that came through here on our instant messenger here from Chef Dan Monroe. He wants to know: Are roosters needed or helpful? And if so, how are they recommended? Uh, Julie, maybe you can answer that. To start. Um.
0: Well, so you don't need roosters to get eggs. A chicken is going to lay an egg every day regardless. It just wouldn't be fertilized without the rooster. Um, We do have some chickens that we let roam around the farmyard just because it's fun for petting zoo people to see chickens and in their natural surroundings and always the rooster is with the pack of hens. And it's just kind of cool to watch because he kind of, shows them where you know to peck at and it's it's just it's really cool to see the roosters and the hens
4: but living. not
3: necessary
5: uh, not necessary no no
3: oh, all right well that's pretty cool uh least anything to add to that
5: yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail from this, but I'm not a huge fan of roosters. I think when you have a smaller flock, it, it gets a little more dicey because, you know, the roosters during mating season can get really tough on the hens. So, you know, mm. Julie's got plenty of hens, obviously, but if you've only got, you know, three or four hens and a rooster, um, it can be kind of kind of rough on them. Wow. Um, and I think it's good to know, though, that you don't need a rooster. So maybe start your flock out with only hens, and then as you grow it, because obviously, you, you know, start with four or five chickens, and before you know it, you have 300. Um, and then add, you know, a rooster or two along the way once you have a larger flock.
3: All right. That's great tips. Well, the show is, uh, we got some time left here. So if you want to get in, give us a call, 203 776 9677. That's 203 776 WNPR if you prefer to do letters on your phone. Uh, we've got Michael from Windsor calling in, also talk about mobile coops. Michael, welcome to season. What do you got for us? Uh, hey guys, I tuned in not too long
1: ago, and it's chicken one of the day. First
3: things I heard, yeah, one of the first things I
2: heard was about using a mobile coop, and it really piqued my interest. So I'm curious to ask uh, the logistics of a mobile coop. What kind of structure
3: is it built on, and how do you move it around? Great question, uh, Julia. What do you think? Can you help Michael out there a little bit?
0: Yeah. So I've seen some really cool mobile coops heading up to like the Millbrook, New York area. They were actually built on almost like a hay wagon frame. And then the coop was on top of that, you know, with obviously uh, like a structure that the hens could get up back inside. So you basically can just move that coop. Um, if you had a, a field, you could put it in. But like I said, you know, at night you'd want to make sure either the had some sort of door that would shut the hens in. They they'll want to go in as soon as it starts to get dark. Um, so as long as you can close the door and then keep your hens, you know, safe at night, and then open up the door in the morning. I know there's there's solar operated doors that you could use, um, but basically. You can keep it mobile that way or if you had something that you could drag your coop around on, you know, a type of skitter, that would work as well. Yeah, my
3: friends over at Farming 101, they had their chicken coop built on, they, he built it on a, uh, like a little trailer that you would, you know, maybe you yeah, might see exactly. driving around with, yeah, like the guys who maybe, you know, uh, do landscaping and stuff might have. And it was a small trailer. Yeah. And they built a nice little thing on there with that solar door and put a little fence around it. It was seemed pretty simple.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea, especially if you've got a lot of land.
3: Absolutely. Well, Michael, I hope that helps. Let us know uh, if you get into the mobile coop world. Love to hear it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, you guys. You got it. We've got Ann from Milford giving us a call, and this is an interesting thing Hi. she's bringing up. Hey, Ann, tell us what you're calling about because I see here in the where they type what you're calling about, and I'm 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 you've got me peaked.
1: <laughs> well, a lot of recipes call for fresh egg, like. Um, the uh, what's the romaine salad with a uh, with the anchovy Caesar salad Caesar salad? Caesar. Yeah. Caesar salad, and we hear so often that we shouldn't
0: eat raw egg, not even in like cookie batter.
1: So what do you, what does one do?
0: Is
5: there a danger of using raw egg, maybe in eggnog or something? How do you deal with it?
3: Yeah, Lisa, you want to jump I on that? Think
5: if, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I in in the whole scheme of things in this world, I, raw eggs is probably at the bottom of what I worry about. There obviously is a risk. You know, there can be salmonella, other bacteria in raw eggs, and you should cook them properly and completely if if you're young or old or immune compromised. Personally, since we're eating eggs from our own chickens and the fresher the egg, the less chance bacteria has had to multiply. So you're, you're actually safer eating fresher eggs if you're going to be using mayonnaise or um, Caesar salad dressing, like you said, or eggnog, tiramisu. Um, I guess it's all up to your own personal level of risk. I think you can buy eggs in the supermarket that are like pasteurized or something that uh-huh. eliminates that risk. But I don't really know because I, I don't like I said, I don't worry about it. I grew up as a kid licking, you know, all kinds of cake batter. Um, the spoon or the beaters like all kids did back then and we all survived so uh, yeah i'm not, i'm i'll take that risk
3: yeah and i gotta agree okay. with that too i wouldn't worry too much about it i can't tell you the hundreds of Even times
1: store-bought I... eggs that that maybe don't have a pasteurization label just it's okay too much
5: mm.
3: it's always a uh, risk i think but farm
5: <laughs> They're just so much older. You know, I've gone to the store and you can actually tell how old that carton of eggs is by looking at the end. There's a code on them that tells you when the eggs are put in the carton. And they are regularly four to six weeks old, you know, by the time you're buying them. And then if they Mm. sit in your fridge for another week or two, you're talking two month old eggs. And that gives the bacteria a lot of time to multiply if it's in there. I think maybe one in 20,000 eggs has salmonella. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's a stat that I had read a while back. So you, your risk is generally low, um, but it's, again, it's how much you're willing to assume.
1: Sure.
3: Wow. Well, hey, listen, hey, Ann, try to find some fresh eggs. if We're going to use them uh, in, in dressings <laughs> or raw like that. That's what I would do for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we've got, uh, who we've got here? We've got uh, Scrambled Egg Tips with Garrett from West Hartford. Hey, Garrett, welcome to Seasons. What you got for the show today?
2: Hi. Yeah. I like my eggs typically a little bit drier, but my wife likes them wetter on the oven, a little bit less. And uh, so my creative solution was to cook my eggs dry and put her eggs in just a little bit later, but into the same pan. So they're cooking for different lengths of time. And okay. it gives us <laughs> a texture that we're both happy with. Is that, is that <laughs> scrambled eggs or is that oh, yeah? Yeah, well, uh, that's scrambled eggs. Okay. Yeah, so I'll scramble mine and then I'll put uh, hers in just a little bit later.
3: Okay, well that makes sense. What so I guess you? yeah, I think the, the the yours would probably be a little bit firmer and hers are probably a little more fluffy. I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, and when they mix together, it is like it's harder in the middle and kind of softer and wetter on the outside, and we're both
3: satisfied with that. Oh, all right. Well, hey, that's a, that's a <laughs> great tip right there. Give that a try. Thanks, Garrett. We appreciate that. Uh, we've got yeah. Charlie in Norwich. He has a cooking tip for us. Charlie, welcome to Seasoned.
6: Yeah, um, fried eggs. Uh, look, I was always looking for a different way to fry the eggs. So what I tried one day was the butter, as it was suggested, but I'll throw some honey in the frying pan, and hmm. then I'll put the eggs, the two eggs, on oh. top of that. Oh, it is it's it is it, a slightly different texture. The uh, of course it's a little sweeter, and it's got a nice little flavor that goes with it. I'm not going to say it's browned. But it's it's similar to that, and it's I love it that way. It's really good. Wow.
5: Okay. Mm. I'm, I'm going to try that. All right.
3: Charlie, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that tonight, actually. That's pretty cool. Honey in yeah, the eggs. Good. Thank you very yeah. much for that. We appreciate that. Hey, we,
0: just saying, we sell honey at Flambeck Farm, too. <laughs> there, you know. there you go. There you
3: go. It's probably going to be the last call for the day, because I just saw the clock, and we're running down there. We've got Linda from Colchester with another Coop recommendation. Hey, Linda, welcome to Seasoned.
1: Hey, thank you. Um, actually, just really quickly, just I just heard about the eggs doing raw. Um, using uh, farm fresh is better because, as we talked about earlier, being protected. And the starboard one that's been washed and so all that bacteria is in the egg. Um, but the coop recommendation, we use. Um, actually, we have 12 chickens right now, and we got a play. It's like a playhouse from Carefree Shed. So they have like small sheds you can pick up that are already built. And then we just cut a door area and then built an outside fenced-in area. So when they're cooped up there, let's say if we're not home, they can still get fresh air. They can just go right outside um, into their little penned area. Then at night, we just close up the coop, and, and like I said, it's already built. Uh, there's many uh, shed places that um, you can pick one up.
5: Oh, Perfect. That's what I have. That's the setup I have. And I mean, mm. We have there especially if you have larger predators like coyotes or bear or things like that. I feel very comfortable with a shed. And, and like the caller said, it's easy to find one of those shed places alongside of the road or something and just convert it a little bit, you know, maybe put some wire screen on the windows, cut a little door for the chickens and you've got yourself a coop, a couple of roosting bars, nesting
4: boxes, and you're all set. I love this. You know, we've done singular subject call-in shows before. This may be one of our most popular, if not our most popular, because we got, uh, we got a, it, not an inquiry, but a statement. Mary Jane is a listener. She is a librarian, and she just wants to encourage people to get books about chickens at the library. Shout out to Chickens and Education. Hey, love there
3: it. you go. How about that? And, the, that? and the Chicken Chick, who is a famous chicken keeper and advocate in Connecticut, always says that chickens are the only family pet that will give you food. That's kind of a <laughs> cool way to think about that, huh? Not bad, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you guys Taking the time to join us today We've been joined by Julia Christensen She's the owner, a co-owner of Flame Farm In West Simsbury uh, And the home of the iconic backwards egg sign And of course, Lisa Steele Who is a fifth generation chicken keeper And the author of the blog Fresh Eggs Daily She's the host of the American public television show Welcome to my farm Her cookbook is the Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook You'll find three simple recipes from the book That are on our website Scrambled eggs, eggs benedict And a very pretty lemon roll. Rang Pie on ctpublic.org recipes. Thank you, friends, for joining us. We appreciate you.
5: Thanks. Absolutely. I had an egg- excellent time.
3: It was an excellent <laughs> extravaganza. Seasoned is produced by Robin Doyenakin, Katie tolarski uh, Emily Turesh, and our interns are Sarah Gasparito and Michaela Savitt. I'm Chef Plum.
4: And I'm Marisol Castro. Thanks so much for listening to this egg stress special episode. We'll see you all next week.